Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tracy B. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. Uh, If you're brand new to the show, Fridays are when we talk about a little bit of behind the scenes, whether it's uh, the research process for a particular episode or how you and I personally have connected with it, things like that. For the Dreyfus Affair, this turned out to be way harder than I was expecting it to be. Uh, It's frustratingly hard information to, like, sit with. Yeah, in in addition to the, um, you know, the the fact that anti-Semitism is definitely not over. It is still a major problem. There were also a lot of things that were part of the context for it that I don't think we have ever discussed on the show. Like, we have covered other subjects that happened during the French Third Republic, but we had never really given an overview of the French Third Republic. So it was like I had to get a lot more versed in the specifics of the Third Republic and then also the Boulanger scandal and the Panama Canal scandal. It was like I felt like I wound up needing to research three additional episodes in addition to the Dreyfus Affair (laughs) to have the context make sense, which turned out to be a lot. Um, We had to postpone our recordings this week because of construction that was happening in my backyard, and that was the only thing that allowed me to finish it in time to record. (laughs) Sometimes things that seem like a setback are actually a great help. Yeah, I just find myself every time we would talk about um, the acquittal or the um, the appeals in particular, even though I had had read through all of this before, like as we sat here saying the words, I just found myself getting like red rage angry when it was like, and he was once again found guilty. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's also one of the reasons that I wanted to take some more time talking about the the contextualizing of this, because um, like I said at the very top of the very first episode, um, this comes up a lot as an example of anti-Semitism in France and uh, just the persecution of Jewish people. And that is absolutely a huge part of this story. But then there are also all these other elements that still seem really relevant today to things that are going on, like uh, like newspapers picking out a couple of villains and just focusing on demonizing them regardless of what they've actually done or whether that accurately represents the whole situation. Uh, we have, you know, we've just been through a whole pandemic that is still going on where people's opinions on whether this was a, a serious problem and is still a serious problem are influenced by news coverage, some of which is just not accurate, and some of it is intentionally not accurate. And it's like that kind of stuff was also a huge part of the Dreyfus affair. Yep. So I kept having these moments where I was like, this just happened. This just, I I just watched a replay of this happening in current life of this event from, you know, more than a hundred years ago. Yeah, I mean, my hope would be that 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 will remind people to always be very, very careful about what they believe in media, regardless of what your position is, um, to always just be really critical of what you're taking in and what its intent may be, 
but I, I don't know. It seems like we never learn. We just keep doing the same stuff <laughs> over and over. So my hopes may be dashed, but. I will just throw a nod to, there is a Crash Course, which is a series on YouTube. There is a Crash Course on media literacy um, and on like how to evaluate sources and figure out if the information that they're sharing is correct or, you know, whether it's effectively propaganda, which so much of what was written during the Dreyfus Fair really was. There are just piles and piles and piles of caricatures and articles and all of that uh, that you can, you know, page through <laughs> and see just this enormous volume of of material that was generated about this one thing, some of which very accurate, some of which not accurate. There are lots of different books on this. Um, and one of the ones that I read that I found really interesting is called Dreyfus, A Family Affair, 1789 to 1945 by Michael Burns. And that's not the newest work on this, um, but it looks at all of it like through the lens of the the Dreyfuses and uh, what they were going through, what Lucy and Matthew were doing to try to to try to exonerate Alfred, which I honestly found to be a refreshing uh, approach because so many books about incidents like this are so focused on, like, the timeline and the context, all of which is really important. But I felt like taking a look at it through the, the Dreyfuses and really being focused on them and what how it was affecting them moment to moment made it a lot more of a human story uh, than feeling like it was sort of um, an event that happened without really connecting to actual people who were involved. Yeah. It's also fascinating to me to think about it in that context, remembering that Dreyfus himself had no idea that a lot of that was going on. Yeah, he had no idea at all. His All of his mail was being censored, and he wasn't allowed to have newspapers. So um, it was really after he got back to France that, like, there's a mob scene, and he's like, why? I don't understand. Like, in his mind, it was his wife and his brother were trying to get his name cleared as this sort of, like, private, just the two of them lonely effort, um, really having no idea that there was this, you know, giant, enormously internationally publicized schism happening in France, having no idea that people like Emile Zola were on his side writing his Jacques Hughes letter. Like, he was totally not aware of any of that while he was in prison. I can only imagine how shocking that must be, especially when the conditions he was being held in are designed to make someone kind of mentally not in a good place and, you know, right. it's intended to break someone. So, of course, he probably felt so utterly helpless and alone at a level that is hard to even consider if you don't live through something like that to then realize that, in fact, a whole lot had been done in his name by a whole lot of people. That has to be, like, a weird gear change to deal with. Yeah. Both intellectually and emotionally. Like, I don't... I don't know how someone could handle something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons why they first, when he got back and when he had been freed, they went to a place they had previously vacationed and they had 
fond memories there, and they knew it was going to be kind of a quiet and rest, restful place. Uh, like, that was one of the reasons to, like, just sort of try to get back to any sense of what was real and normal. Yeah. Um, and then they wound up having to go to Switzerland because they, there were, they kept attracting attention of both, like, anti-Dreyfusards and well-meaning, well-wishing people who were coming to wish him well when really he was like, I just, I would like to be left alone for a while. Quiet. Quiet. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, this episode turned out to just be a lot more complicated than I was expecting it to be, so, but I'm glad I managed to dive into it, managed to get it done in time for us to record it. Thanks. Thanks to loud work being done outside my house. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, loud work. Yeah. So... If you'd like to send us a note, we're at historypodcast at iheartradio.com. If you have not subscribed to the show, we're on basically every podcast player that there is. Uh, whatever is on your plate for the weekend, I hope it is great. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a classic and then Monday with a brand new episode. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 